This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. Amplified. Welcome to Shed Talk. Unveiling the conversations that thrive behind the shed, where authenticity meets unfiltered stories. I'm Javier Tool, certified personal trainer and owner of Tool Shed Training. And I'm Tammy Humple, professional educator and leadership coach. Today we're starting a four-part Return to Happiness series with a look into our own personal values and views on how they impact and influence us and to talk about what motivates us to do our best. Our first topic is security is an illusion. And we're going to do a four topics in this series. First one's going to be money and finance. Second's going to be recognition and fame. I like that one. Third one's going to be success and promotion. And the fourth will be traditional ideas about security. Forbes magazine, 79% of people in the USA, money makes them happy. Studies vary between 20, 50, and 75,000. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Tammy, I'm going to go back way back to when you and I first started our careers. And I think about, has money really made me more happy? Mm-hmm. So my question is for you, is the same question. Has money made you more happy? I think it depends on when you when you look way back, right? At the very beginning, that was hard because I wasn't making anything, really. <laughs> if, if I went back to what I was starting at, I was probably within uh, the limits of poverty. But it didn't matter. I had a full-time job, right? I was teaching at the time. What made it even harder, though, was Rich graduated as an engineer, had no job. We were, we were looking for work in a time when there wasn't work available, a little bit like, like now. Um, hey. it, it's harder. There are jobs, but it's, it was hard to find something in what we wanted to do. So, so we didn't anticipate, I think, being unhappy – But it was stressful, so that led to some unhappiness. But we had to get creative with what what we did, and I think we had to take a look at what was important to us, whether that financial security was truly an illusion. Right. I had a conversation with a couple of my clients today, and these conversations are so fun because everyone has a different spectrum from, like, you and I. When I first started, I was in human services being case manager. And I think about when I was making like $20,000 when I first started, and I was in the heart and the depth of my job working with people one-on-one to the point in time where I was making $50,000 and I was a case manager typing away all day. And I think about, was I happier working with people or was I happy happier making more money? And I think the big thing that I saw was I probably was a little bit happier because I felt more secure. And the conversations that I had today, a lot of people were like, well, when you look at your bank account, was that the security they saw? Because when I was making $20,000, I just had a newborn, you know, all of a sudden that bank account wasn't really that big. So all of a sudden, when you start looking at your bank account and it's going up $500 or you have maybe $700 more than you did a year ago, is that the security that makes us happy? Or is it just the security, not so much, am I any happier because I'm not doing what I was doing before? because I'm not working with people as much and I'm doing more paperwork, or is it just because I have the means to do more in my family life? Right, and I think that's that enters into the question, right? Is it about the wealth, the financial gain um, that makes you happy, or is it 
Is it all the other things in your life? And or is it all of that together? So what do we put most importance? What, what do we think about as most important? Both of us were and continue to be in service type of indres- industries, right? Yep. So I think we value the people end of it. We value the connection end of it. But when you think about our society and what what we say makes us happy, that all involves some kind of financial security. What do you want to do this weekend? You want to go out and hang with your friends. You want to go to a restaurant. You want to go do things that cause cost money. So... Um, and I think providing for our families, too. We both had young families. It takes a lot to involve them in things, to, ha- to, to allow them to have the means to, to be in the activities, to do the sports, to, to be in the, the clubs. That all takes money. So you have this vision of, of what you'll need to do. And, and I wonder when we lose sight of, the creativity and the moments along the way that really life is made up of those moments, right? When you think back, the memories, what, what are the memories? Right. So you and I talked about this the other day when we were working on this, and I love this podcast is bringing us both out of our comfort zones. But being a, when you talk to your broker or the person who ever helps you with your financial stuff, you know, the one thing I said, I wish and it would be amazing if they would ask you instead of what do you want to do when you retire what did you do when you were 20 or when you were 30? And you didn't have a lot of money at the time to make it fun. Because I think sometimes as we start getting more financial gains, sometimes we lose that creativity like you talked about. Like I can remember when there was a point in time where it was like I take the pocket change out of my out of my pocket and I would look at my wife at the time and be like, let's go to the track because the horse races were free. So we'd go out to the track. We'd have probably 20 bucks to spare. We'd put $2 on every horse in the hopes that we'd win 10, maybe 30 bucks, and then we could go out to eat. But if we didn't, then we went home. But it was that creativity. And nowadays, I think, you know, now that I have the financial means to be able to be like, I just go out to eat here, let's try this restaurant here. Is it, am I as happy now? Or was I happier then because I was more creative? Or is the change of happiness coming now because I can try more things? Or what is that piece? What is that piece that really defines our happiness? And there probably isn't one right or wrong question answer to this, but I wish that's what they would ask me the next time. Like, what do you want to do when you retire? You know what I want to do? I want to go back and think about all the steps between my 20s and 30s and each financial piece that I made. What was I doing at that time to be creative, to really truly find the happiness instead of just being like, hey, let's just go get something to eat today. Where do you want to go? I don't know. You choose. Because it wasn't like that. It wasn't always like that. Yeah, it really wasn't. I mean, I, I think about the things that we did for entertainment. One of the things we did, one, because we didn't have money <laughs> to furnish our apartment, <laughs> um, and two, because we just enjoyed it, was we went to flea markets. We went to garage sales. Um, we did some thrifting every Saturday morning. That was kind of our thing, but um, but it was fun, and we, we don't make time for that very often anymore, partly because we have enough stuff, right? In fact, right. we're trying to get rid of some of this stuff. But you don't have to buy to enjoy the experience. It, and it really was about an experience more than what we were looking for or leaving with. You know, one of the questions that I talked about this morning, too, is like when you start moving up that financial ladder, do sometimes you lose time? And, I, you know, is time, I mean, this could be a whole other conversation to have. You know, I can remember when I was making 
right out of college. You were, you were working horrible hours, but you worked an eight-hour shift, and that was it. Maybe you got lucky to get in some overtime. But as you start climbing that ladder and all of a sudden you're starting to make more money, the responsibilities grow. And as you reach those pinnacles of, you know, moving into the next, I guess, income level, how much time is taken away? You know, how much time is taken away from your family, from your friends, from maybe hobbies and things that you're doing because you're expected more. And we live in a, in a society where I think sometimes we're based on things that maybe we have. You know, they, they say sometimes it's your happiness. Sometimes is if you look at your neighbor's house and you're like, well, my house is as nice as theirs and my car seems to be as nice as theirs. So I think we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. As long as it's as nice as, right? right? And theirs isn't suddenly a lot nicer than. And, and so we compare ourselves in that way. One of the, the things we talked about when we were preparing this is a Zig Ziglar quote that said, everybody wants to find out for themselves, right? And I think we, at some point, do some self-reflection. And and if we're honest with ourselves, we know what is most valuable, how we define wealth. And I think that's another question. How do we define wealth? And part of it is monetary. Part of it is financial. But what's the other part? And I think that's where that quote speaks to me is everybody wants to find out for themselves and I think everybody needs to find out for themselves but in that do we do we make some missteps in chasing the dollar (laughs) I think it's right you know the conversation I I think about today is me sitting in my office you know hitting the pinnacle of what I would say in human services was the money the money tree but having a conversation with a guy next to me who was looking at me counting down his retirement 264 days away Mm -hmm. I was like man I was like, I know I'm having great diapers. I know I'm making a lot of money, but I sure don't feel great. I'm not getting home any earlier. And I have a whole lot more responsibilities than I did, and I'm not really doing what I wanted to do. So I would say at that point in my life, I probably didn't do enough homework to ensure that the financial gains that I was making was going to help me with my family life, with my social life, with my health, because at that point in time, I was probably the most out of shape I'd ever been. Um, it affected so many things. So I would say probably in my 30s when I was moving up the career, I don't think I did enough homework. And this is where I would challenge people. You know, when we have these conversations together in this podcast, we're not saying what's right, what's wrong. We're saying, hey, stop and think for a second. What did you do when you were fun in your 20s? How did you feel in each career change? And how did you feel on each financial change when you're gaining in the financial world or if you had to take a step backwards? Ooh, got you speechless. I know. <laughs> stop and think about that for a minute. And I wonder, so so as you were talking, I was thinking, what what was the what was the point where you decided you had to make a change, and what allowed you to do that? Because you had a young son who needed you. You were early in your marriage. You didn't have a lot of money, so you knew it was a t- you knew it was taking a toll on your health. You knew, and and this is we talk about this a lot physical, mental, emotional well-being, right? And it's all important. So at what point, what what did it take to make you step back? You know, I honestly can tell you, I think the point was when I started reflecting on the things that I had that weren't monetary. Mm -hmm. Like, all of a sudden my health was getting worse. I didn't have the energy to really do things with my son. And honestly, I probably wasn't as happy with the way that I was fathering my son at the time. 
So, you know, I think, I think maybe some of us would think about that. Like, where is our health? Where is our relationships when we're reaching some of these monetary statuses? And it could go either way. I mean, you may see, you know, we may have one of our listeners say, well, things totally changed opposite for me. I got in better shape because I have more opportunities. Mm -hmm. But this is, I think, where we, where we talk about the most is, are you thinking about these things? You know, when we think about what true happiness is, you know, and I think in the United States, you know, we have a GDP of better than most people's, you know, and I, I think if you look at this, in this book, Nations of a Household Economic Growth, it is an essay in honor by Moses, and I can't say this last <laughs> name, but by Richard Easterlin. And it says, you know, the GDP is a big thing, but let me ask you a question. If you go to Vietnam, you would say they probably don't have as much stuff as this, but do they have as much debt as the normal average person in the United States? So you look at the reflection, even in countries like the United States may have more debt, other countries may not have as many resources, but are they just as happy as we are? Probably, right? Probably, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. I, I think that's that's sort of an, an age-old, timeless question is, is how much is enough to maintain your happiness and how much is too much because there comes a point, and, and you read a lot about it, money doesn't buy happiness but but right. it does a little bit right because you do have to have the financial means to to do some of the things that you want to do um but at what point does it stop buying happiness like like how far into that do you yeah. do you get before you realize that now it's just the things it's not not the happiness that you're getting out of it you're not connecting you're not you're not in awe of something it's just more things when I think about the moments or the creative ways that we spent time together I think we've talked about this you know it's it's driving to the lake at sunset sunset or to the park or sitting outside on a beautiful day where nothing costs anything, right. but you can appreciate the beauty of of where you are, and not just where you are in your surroundings, but where you are in your relationship and the connections that you're making. What makes me think about what you just said? How often do you remember the car that you're actually in, or a car you own? I think sometimes we remember someone, but you remember that really special car. But sometimes in our lives, we're able to get cars or we're able to get things. Do we not appreciate those as much as easy when they come easier and easier? Like right now, I drive this old beat-up truck, and I smile because... And it's really old and beat-up, <laughs> for those of you listening. <laughs> and I drive this old beat-up truck because I bought this truck when we first bought this company, the Toolshed Trading, and it was the first big purchase we ever bought. And everyone's like, you can afford a new truck, but there's just something that just brings me true happiness, understanding where it started. And I could get, I bought a, a new truck. I mean, it's not a new, new truck, but it's newer than my truck. And it, sits, and it sits in my garage because I don't know if I value that piece as much as I do. And I think in the growth of myself, and I'm going to say this personally, I really don't care what my neighbors have as much as now it's more of a feeling. And I think when I was in my 30s and 40s, I was always, or early 40s, I was pushing so hard to get something that I saw making other people what I thought other people were happy to make myself happy. And I honestly can tell you, I think it kind of like pushed some relationships to some boundaries to maybe some 
to the to the end of some relationships, probably lost some friends because of my perspective. You know, five years ago, I made a decision where I was going to be happy with the day to day things and remember the memories and the and the time spent versus what it was going to take to make that hundred to two hundred thousand dollar thing that I was shooting for because really was that that important to me at the end of the day. I mean, I don't know if it was. I don't know. And and I think those are the, the questions we have to ask ourselves, the things we have to evaluate, because 200000 could be a lot for a family, right? It could allow a family to do some things that maybe they haven't had the opportunity to do. So that doesn't seem like an, unreal, un, an unreasonable goal or whatever the number might be. But I wonder if you've hit on on the balance of figuring out when enough is enough and when it's too much. And that is when the things don't have meaning anymore, when you can't remember something special about it, when it doesn't elicit a feeling, even if it's a bad feeling, right? Because the bad stuff is a part of who we are. and, and And those memories help us figure out where we want to be and where we maybe don't want to be. Listen to us when we talk about good things. Like, that's all we have going on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, two of the conversations I I want to touch base on today was one of the conversations that I was thinking about the most today was I I do train a very successful, successful guy. One of the things is he, he personally can do, like, sometimes he's the person I inspire to be, like, not just building his financial things, but how he got there. But the story I said today is, when I'm, I'm questioning people because I want answers and to my, my questions, I'm like, what was the one thing that you did? He goes, it wasn't something that I did up here that I remember. He goes, I remember being able to purchase the beer that I wanted to drink. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? He goes, and that what he, I could afford. Yeah, he, goes, <laughs> I guess, he goes, I was just getting what I could afford. And it was always the warm beer that wasn't in the cooler. And it, it, that's interesting to me because you can have so many things, but you know what means the most is that memory of that success. You know, when I when I when I started to come up with this idea and talk to you about doing this podcast, the things I wanted to touch base was wasn't controversial things as much as it was digging in deep and really remembering what where you started and remembering like how you feel with the pieces that we're gonna talk about in this next four series, you know, monetary like recognition. And what do those things do to you? How do you grow with them? How do you make them better? How can we help someone else? Um, sit down for a couple of minutes and answer all these questions that we're talking about. And we've done a lot of reflecting on, like you said, not just this topic, but a, a lot of topics and, and where we are in the, the general well-being of folks that we hang out with. And it seems to be negative, right? Yeah. So we push, we push to be positive and optimistic and, and think about truly what makes us happy. And that's where the, the return to happiness came from and and reading the happiness advantage by Sean Aker and and really I think exploring ways in which he says we can train our brain to be different to be more optimistic to to get the things that if we can see it if we believe it we can train our brains in oh. a way that will help us be um, be more likely to attain it whether that's financial stability or relationships whatever it might be um but that that optimistic sense of well-being makes me think about 
the imbalance in in the chase, right? And then right. back to what we titled our podcast for today is that security is an illusion. And when you think about an illusion or a magic show, um, just when you think you know what is happening, just when you think you can see it, it's right there. It's not, right? right? And not necessarily because it's moved, but because we've changed and our realities have changed. And so, so no matter what we think about as security, it's always just maybe a little bit unattainable. You know, when I think about this military stuff that we're talking about, I think the other reason I want to talk about it so much is because it can be taken away so quickly. Um, <clears throat> our lives change. Health could take, you, take it away very quickly. Um, a diagnosis, um, a heart attack, uh, things that cost us a tremendous amount of money, a bad investment, um, something that just we weren't prepared for. And how are we going to be able to react when those things happen, we'll remember the times that we built us ourselves to get there to make sure that we stay strong in those times or will us losing those monetary things make us fall apart? Mm-hmm. You know, is that where we sit here and discuss, let's look at it now just in case it ever happens. Let's look at it now so we enjoy it on the day-to-day basis instead of, I'm going to bring up Father Mike from Hollow App because I listen to him every day where he said, when is it that we start looking at our checkbooks before we start thanking whoever we believe in for the opportunities to get that checkbook to where we wanted to? And when we start, I guess, almost making our checkbook a religion or a belief that's really important to us, that that becomes more important than the relationships or the gratitude or those kinds of things. Because if that checkbook disappears, who do we turn to? Mm-hmm. And if that if it's the checkbook or the check or right. the auto deposit, whatever it might be, that your your day is dependent on, that that is so short-sighted, right? It's so short-sighted because we're missing out on the moments then because that, that number is now the factor that I decide whether I'm going to have a good day or a bad day. And and that decision, um, Peter DeWitt and Debbie Silver have a podcast, and they say that remaining optimistic can be difficult, but true to, two truths matter, and those two truths are you always have a choice and you can make the effort. And depending on what you do with those, depending on what you choose and how much effort you put into it, it, it alters your ability to, to be optimistic. So I right. think there's a choice there. I can choose to allow my financial well-being or not well-being, whatever it might be, to determine the rest of my self-worth or I cannot. And then if I choose not to, I have to put the effort in. So I have to put the effort into reframing my thinking, to making deliberate choices about what I decide is important, how I spend my time, if I'm going to continue to bring the work home, miss my kids' activities because the work is taking priority. Those are, those are choices, but also... I get to make the choice and I get to determine where I put the effort in. And think about what you said. 
I think one of the most important jobs I ever had was working at a turkey factory back in Storm Lake, Iowa. And <coughs> when you'd walk in every day and you'd know exactly the number of birds that you had to process. And, but lunchtime was important, breaks were important because there was such a social aspect and everyone worked together to accomplish that goal. But the minute that you left that day, that's the last time you thought about that job. And you went and thought about your families, you went to games, and most likely you didn't open up your phone again and talk about work. And I think about that, and it really sits with me and resonates with me on a day-to-day basis. And I think about all the times maybe I lost in the last 15 years of this journey with working when I probably should have been family or working when I should have been putting more time in just to get to that number, which I wasn't really sure what it was that was going to make me happy. And I think in correlation together is what you said. I had to make the choice on finding what it was going to be together. So was it 20? It could have been. could have been 50. It could have been 100. It was just how it was going to resonate in my mind, in my thoughts, how I reacted and how I pursued it and how I took action. And that's the effort. And that's what... Um, Sean Aker talks about with that deliberate training of your brain, right? You had to make that decision and then you had to put the work in to think differently about it, to make the choice to put your phone away because you, to be honest, your, your work is your phone, your right. schedule is your phone, your contacts are your phone, your clients are your phone. So when you're not working, you're still working and you could be 24 seven. I know you and, it, and you <laughs> take about four hours off. So you, you have to make the deliberate choice to put it away, but you're not alone. I think there's a lot of us out there like that. Right. I think the thing I'll, I'm going to stick by, and I wish I could say this was mine today, and it's it's not mine, but Mike told me today, one of my clients said, Javier, at the end of the day, what comes from here, your heart, is what's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it may be money, it may be faith, it may be those things, but it's how you choose to make it and I'm excited to go on with this series I'm excited that you decided to come on this ride with me because you're the one who's more put together (laughs) (laughs) you know you come in here dressed looking nice I'm in shorts (laughs) and And it doesn't matter because nobody can see us (laughs) you're the one who like provided the notes um but yeah I'm excited so as we close and and we'll talk a lot about a lot of things that we brought up today and I think we'll dig into who we are and and what brought us to this point but as we close I think um, one thing that we want to offer is a challenge to anyone who's out there listening and you said it earlier it's not a judgment call there's there's no right or wrong answer to this it's really a discernment with who you are and who you want to be but at least to think about what has brought you solace? What what moments and memories evoke feelings that you don't want to lose so that the legacy that you leave isn't about how much is in your bank account. It's It's who you've touched. It's the connections you've made. It's what's most important to you and those feelings that you don't don't want to lose. So um, so the challenge, I think, is to think about where you find solace and security most. And then go after that. I like that. I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up. I'm Javier. And I'm Tammy. And this is Shed Talk. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. 
amplified.